Gun test uncut. Yeah, you know that's us. Where we only speak the real and the real rock with us. Where we motivate the people and the politic on success. Oh no, we ain't DJ Kelly, but they swear we the best. Gun check. What's happening? It's Contrast Uncut. It's season four. This is my spotlight episode with a you know super producer edition. I want to give a big shout out to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D Presents. I appreciate you, brothers. It's your host, Zylo, aka DJ Juan Dollars, like I won some money. Today we have a really incredibly dope and legendary special guest. You know, he's from the Bronx, New York, East 169th Street in Washington Ave to be exact. You know, with close to 20 years in the game, he's real certified multi-platinum, bad boy hitman super producer, as you see on the sweater and on the hoodie. You know, he's a songwriter, music director, educator, motivational speaker, and CEO of Platinum Boy Music Inc. He's a producer's producer. You feel me? As an expert on the drums and his diverse and unorthodox sound that delivers from R&B to hip-hop to pop that translates to scoring TV shows and commercials. This brother is the music director and the drummer, professional drummer of Trey Songs, which has, you know, if you've been to one of his shows, it's one of the liveest shows you can witness. And, you know, the transition to keep up with that brother is, you know, a, a, a whole testimony within itself. He has produced in every region, from the east to the west, to the south, to the midwest. This brother's worked all across, from a plethora of sounds, from the likes of Foxy Soul, that you know that struck that first iron with this brother, to Chris Brown, to Dave East, to Jennifer Lopez, to Young M.A., to 50 Cent, Keisha Cole, Justin Bieber. I mean, I can keep on going, but I run out of breath. He created the theme song for, you know, what I love to watch, First Take, with Wale, and this brother's had so many other things put on TV put on TV. I mean, you've seen his brother on what seems like a regular now on Sway's Universe and to Hip Hop Weekly and many more podcasts and shows, including his own, The Sit Down with Amadeus, as well as you should have heard his music on your favorite video games like 2K and Madden. And if you ain't know who I got on the show by now, it's all good. We got all episode to chop it up with the brilliant mind behind Platinum Boy Music, Antoine Amadeus Compton, everybody. Man, that has to be, hands down, one of the greatest intros ever. And that's hard to top. <laughs> that's hard to top, bruh. Hey, that's hard to top. Normally, I'm just ready to go into what I got to go into because, you know, but boy, that's that's up there because Sway is... Sheesh. That's what I'm saying. That's, you know, you up, you boy. Come on. Shout out. You okay. give him... You give a sway a run for the money, man. You give a sway a run. That one, this one is this Woo. one. Hey, man, I'm just a prodigy of his environment. Growing up listening to him, but yes, sir. You know, he rub off. The greatness rubs off, and I gotta let you Amen. know, brother. Time is the most finite thing we have on this earth. I gotta tell you from right now, from the beginning, how much I appreciate your time for fucking with me, fucking with the viewers and the listeners. I appreciate you having me, man. Like I said, I'm grateful. I'm humble. You know, I was excited when you reached out. And it's always a blessing to be able to, you know, have these amazing conversations with kings like yourself that have amazing platforms that gives, you know, producers and musicians and creators like myself the opportunity, 
you know, to share my path and my journey, man. So it's always a pleasure to be able to do that. So thank you again. Thank you again for having me. Come on. Absolutely, King. Speaking of time, Amadeus, what's the normal 24 hours for you, brother? Sheesh. Um, I mean, you want pandemic 24 prior to end. Come on. We both know that we got pandemic is outside the box moving. It was just a matter of when you figure out how to get outside the box and attract the wealth like normal. Mmm. Mmm. Powerful. Powerful. I mean, the normal 27, I get up, man, um, say my prayers. That's, that's, the, that's the most important thing. That's the first thing I do, you know, uh, being that I'm blessed to have another opportunity at life. Um, you know, I, I'm always been one to be transparent, man. I hit the bathroom ASAP. My bathroom is, is you know, as my comfort zone. It's my, it's my safe haven. It's where I, you know, get my life together, my thoughts together for the day. Um, definitely phoned in hand, of course, whether it's going through emails, text messages that may have came, you know, throughout the late night, you know, the music game, the entertainment business is 24 seven. So you can get a text message, an email, one o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning while I'm resting, man. So I always check, see what's going on and what I need to focus on for that day. Um, social media, of course, plays a huge part in regards to me as a musician, as a producer, as a creative, also as a brand. Uh, so tap in, see what's going on in there, prepare my posts for the day. Um, you know, and, and for me, it's about feeling, man. Um, you know, I, I'll go prior to pandemic, um, you know, uh, whether it's, uh, if I need to go into the studio for that day, if it's me sending out folders and, and, uh, 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 folders of beats and tracks for artists working on albums, if it's sending emails, if it's creating and sending invoices, you know, you always wake up to a new day with new things to, uh, take care of from a business level. Um, then you got the traveling aspect of me, you know, whether we have a show with Trey songs in LA, in New York, in Africa, in Dubai, somewhere preparing for that with rehearsals um, and flying out, you know, in and out of the country, whether it's me at Dre's nightclub in Las Vegas on every weekend, which I have a residency at, performing there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, come back home Monday. So it depends on, you know, the time, the moment, and what's going on, uh, you know, what's going on for me. Um, you know, now during the pandemic, of course, it's been uh, very different. Um, you know, it's been 10 months I'm not mistaken, uh, since I touched a pair of drumsticks, um, you know, and that's due to, yeah, I know, man, that's due to, you know, the pandemic happening and, and the entire world, especially the entertainment uh, business being shut down due to, you know, COVID-19, which is taking over the entire world and planet. Um, so it's been, you know, uh, quite challenging, you know, one, uh, not being able to do something that you love to do, which is what I've done in the last 19 years of life. Um, and then from a financial, you know, aspect is, is how I take care of myself and provide for myself and, my, and for my family. Um, so it's definitely taking a toll on me, especially from a mental space. Um, but grateful today that, I, that I'm where I'm at today um, and have overcome, you know, the challenges that can, you know, that you deal with, man, dealing with what, 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 uh, what we're facing right now. So that's, that's pretty much, you know, day in the life of Mama Deus, 24-7. Um, just to add to that, um, since the pandemic, I've had a lot of conversations here via IG, IG lives. Um, and what I felt, you know, God put on my heart was for me to pay homage and show love to people who I consider heroes that have paved the way for me in, in my career musically. So, you know, I've been blessed to have on like Redman and uh, um, Dougie Fresh and Eric Sermon and Sway and Slimmer 112 and Kelly Price, you know what I mean? And Donna Lawrence and some actors and actresses. Um, you know, uh, Darius McCrary, who played Eddie Winslow in Family Matters, and um, Malcolm Jamal Warner, who played Theo, you know, on a Hux, you know, Cosby show. 
you know, again, people that really paved the way and that have been blessings to me, whether it's musically or, or film or entertainment. So I've been doing that for quite some time. It's been great. Definitely something new I stepped into since the pandemic. And sorry for being long-winded, but um, that's pretty much me 24-7, man. No, and you put such an incredible platform because my thing is praising personal success stories. And you're able to pay homage on on such a level that shows people the real side of things. And, you know, to combine them two and have this for this interview, I'm very deeply humbled to just be in this atmosphere. Even though, Appreciate you, man. you know, the energy's still real right off from the voice and all. Right, sir. Yes, sir. I got a quote. Let me know how this quote relates to you, or if it doesn't, the idea is I want you to talk about it. Are you ready? Ready. Adversity builds character, and character takes you places money can't. You know, T.I., tip. Yeah, I agree with that, you know, 100%. Um, if you never go through nothing in life, you know, how do you appreciate life? How do you appreciate where you are in life? How do you appreciate, you know, where you stand? Um, you know, so I think that's a very important quote. Um, I can relate to that in many ways, you know, right now, you know, with the pandemic, you know, um, many days I felt like I was going to fold, you know what I mean? Um, but with prayer, um, with people that surround me with, that I know love me unconditionally, um, and, and in a real way and genuine way, um, and just knowing how God made me, man, you know what I mean? I've, I've, I've experienced some, some other challenges in life. Um, that I thought would take me out as well. And I've overcome those. Um, and, and, and as difficult as this pandemic is that we're in, you know, uh, I still have my faith. You know what I mean? I still have my faith and, I, and, I, and I'm a king. I know I'm a king and I know God, you know, built me to be a king. Um, and it's all about, you know, how I bounce back from this. So I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, uh, I wouldn't even say 21, I say 2020 because the, the year is still here. There's still days left in December. Uh, for new doors to open, for new opportunities to open, for God to make uh, different ways, and not just for myself, but but for everyone that everyone for everyone that believes, everyone that has hasn't lost their faith throughout this time. Um, so I definitely love that quote, man, and I definitely feel like it's fitting for the time that you know we're in, especially me personally, you know, dealing with this pandemic. Oh yeah, one thing that people can't you know testify to is if you're not walking by faith and you know not by sight, then you know you still got a lot more of a journey to see things. Yes, sir. And, you know, from, from your vision, from, from a youngster to, to now, you know, when talking about the music industry, did the game choose you or did you choose the game? Mm, good question. Um, I feel like the, I feel like the, and I'm, I'm going to rephrase it. I'm going to say the gift chose me, right? Because when I picked up the drumsticks, I was in fourth grade. I didn't have any, um, want or desire to become a musician you know what I mean or become anything creative in music I just loved music so uh, when I was absent on the day that we were to choose instruments I wanted to learn how to play the saxophone or the trumpet and the day that I went those slots were taken and the only thing left was percussion and violin you know and you named where I'm from I'm from 169th Washington Avenue from the hood from the Bronx one thing I definitely wasn't going to do was pick up the violin and be walking through my hood with the violin you know, so I picked percussion, not even knowing what that was. And then once I entered into the classroom, I learned that percussion had everything to do with rhythm. Um, so I definitely felt like it shows me. Um, it became a love and a passion and a hobby. And later down the line, when I learned that it, that, that it can be a career and a business, you know, I went down that path. But for me, it was just love and passion that kept me, you know, performing as a drummer and wanted me to pursue 
uh, music production, man. So I definitely felt like um, it, it, it chose me. Music in the game chose me. You know, passion creates purpose. And passion with genuine purpose leads to a whole different array of opportunities. It creates, you know, plan A to plan B to plan C, but plan B and C connect to plan A. They're just, you know, branches to the tree. And, you know, it, from your journey, what would you consider your first confirmation that music and, and applying that percussions that you've learned to, you know, that music is what you're supposed to do with your life? Your first affirmation, is it Foxy Brown? Is it later down the road? You know, I don't want to personally take the words out your mouth, but, you know, let me know. Um, I think it started with the passion, man. When, when, when I kept waking up on a day-to-day -day basis and and wanting, and all I wanted to do was that, which was perform and play music. I think it was that for me that was like, okay, I don't know where this is gonna take me. I don't know, I don't even know what this is. I just know how it feels and it feels amazing and it feels like something that I wanna pursue. Um, again, not even knowing what the future you know, had in store for me. And then as time went on and I walked in my passion and it's, I started to have dreams and, those, and I started to learn what I can do with my music and what I can do as a musician and as a record producer. And I started seeing like Swiss Beats and, you know, RZA, you know, and Dr. Dre and, and, and Diddy and, and, and Hitman and, you know what I mean? Hearing all these producers and I'm like, wow, like, okay, if I apply myself, if I really move full speed ahead with this, I can, you know, I could eventually be in their shoes or in the positions that they're in, not even really knowing the positions that they're in. All I knew was that the world knew who they were and they appreciated them for what they did. I didn't know that, that money had anything, anything to do with it. I didn't know that, you know, they were rich and that they had these big houses and drove these big cars based off of music and music production. I just thought they were cool because they made music. Um, so I would say that first placement, and you mentioned it, Foxy Brown, Cradle to the Grave, uh, soundtrack, movie and soundtrack meant the world because it was kind of like all of these years I've been doing this in my room, in my living room, no real studio, just, you know, you know, banging on the MPC 2000 Excel and my keyboards man, and, and knowing I had something special and we just had to wait for that moment for someone else to, to hear what I was creating and to say, hey, this is something special. And that happened to be Foxy Brown. She gave me a chance without a name, without a resume, you know, just a, a young kid from the Bronx with a beat tape and a beat CD, you know what I'm saying? And she, she heard something special on that and created you know, Cradle to the Grave uh, song was, was actually the title song to the movie and soundtrack. So I think that moment was a defining moment for me where it showed me that it was accessible, my dreams, and I went, I was off running at that point. You know, I do want to bring point that, you know, nothing comes overnight from a dream except for sleep. You got to put in the work for it. And, you know, it took countless time and effort to make that beat CD that not only, you know, not one, but three tracks landed with her. And then one of them landed on, you know, a motion picture that hit the theaters as a kid I enjoy watching. And it's like, wow. fast forward, here I am today. But, you know, just to put the attention on that, you know, one, it's not easy to get licensing. It's not easy to land in a movie. And, and to hit that, that's when, you know, that's a huge affirmation. That's destiny. That's, you know what, what else do I got on this tree that I'm not recognizing that's appealing because I done struck a home run, a three-run home run off the jump. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For real. I, I had no idea I was going to do that because, like you said, the, the, the Cradle to the Grave was on the movie and soundtrack, but then she did a diss record, um, dissing rapper, female rapper Eve, 
Um, and I remember being super scared, man, because I'm like, yo, she didn't make this song about Eve is on my beat. You know, Eve gonna think I'm responsible for this. You know, you're gonna have the whole Rough Riders, you know, searching for me and looking after me. And then I'm like, when I want an opportunity to work with Eve, I'm not even gonna be able to work with Eve based off of this record called Get Off Me. So I remember, you know, being really nervous, man. And I had a few OGs, shout out to uh, legendary producer Buck Wow, um, DDOT, another legendary producer as well, who was like, nah, man, bro, that's, that's just, you know, that's just the game, man. That's hip hop for you. You know what I mean? You, you produce the beat. Foxy said what she said. You didn't say nothing. Foxy said what she said. You know, that ain't got nothing to do with you, man. That ain't your beef. So once I learned that, I was able to be excited and appreciate that situation. And I never forget Funkmaster Flex dropping bombs, you know, when he debuted that Get Off Me record. You know, he's going crazy. You know, this is new, new Foxy Brown, you know, for Foxy Brown, he's going crazy at Eve. And I'm sitting there listening to a while, like, yo, I used to, I'm this, I used to. Not used to, but listen to Funkmaster Flex every day on the radio, man. And now a joint that I made in my living room <laughs> is on the radio with Fast Funkmaster Flex dropping bombs to it with one of the, the hottest female rappers in the game, Foxy Brown. So crazy, man. That story never gets old, man. And, and I never get jaded by thinking about those memories and like you said, affirmations and things that come in, you know, that came into existence for me. Oh yeah, you gotta love fruition. It's a beautiful thing to see. Fruits of your labor, hit play and then enjoy. Yes, sir. I do want to bring attention to something else. In order for the dream to happen, I feel it's always somebody that invests an idea or puts someone in a position to reach their dreams. Who do we owe to thank you for investing into your dreams? Mm, great question, bro. Um, it's a few people, man. Um, you know, off the rip, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be able to do nothing or have done anything, you know, without God blessing me with this gift, man. So I owe everything and my gift and my talents to God who's blessed me with it. Um, after that, of course, my parents, um, you know, I wanted to go to public school, regular school, what I call, we call the regular school, man. So I can dress regular and have my kicks on and sneakers like everybody else. But, you know, my parents saw it different. Um, they sent us to Catholic school. I hated it. I had to dress up. I had to carry myself a certain kind of way. But with me doing that, I was able to learn an instrument, which is drums, man. And um, that instrument changed my life, you know? So definitely much love to my parents. Um, of course, you know, uh, my, my pastor, you know, my pastor and bishop who uh, unfortunately um, passed away this year, um, you know, so rest in peace, Pastor Bishop and Pastor Michelle White um, and, my, and, and much love to my Cathedral of Greater Faith Church family. And I bring her up because I remember being, you know, in my, I, I don't even think I was a teenager yet, uh, but I went to church and um, her son, our big brother, Steve Suit White, was playing drums. And I heard someone who looked like me, you know, playing drums at an amazing uh, uh, skill level. Because, you know, growing up in, in school, they, they're showing you all of the jazz drummers, man. And, and they were incredible, but they didn't look like me. You know what I mean? So for me to see someone who was, 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 was a black king playing drums in a church, I'm like, wow, like, this is what I can sound like, you know. I apply myself and if I practice and that was a defining moment so why I bring her up is I joined her church and I remember you know knocking on her on her, on her office door wanting to ask her could I be a musician at her church um and at the time you know like I said her son was already playing drums so the only thing left was percussion and percussion when you think of percussion is drums it's kungas it's bongos it's cowbell it's anything rhythmic right so She's like, well, my son is on drums, you know, but I can put you on percussion. I can put you on the bongos and you can kind of, you know, 
um, you know, add, add color to the music, you know, through that instrument. And I accepted. And the rest was history. He, at, and at a later point, uh, she moved him and elevated him to the piano and the organ um, and then elevated me to the actual drum set. Um, so for me, it was that moment and, and, and me playing in church, which really developed me as a true musician and as a dope producer, because that's where all of the sauce and the swag came from and how it was developed, man. So I definitely owe much love and accolades to her and my church family. Um, you know, of course, some family and friends and, um, and, and, and most importantly to me, those artists, you know, those artists that, um, like I said, gave me a chance, gave me an opportunity before I was Amadeus, this, you know, multi-platinum record producer without any resume, without any names, you know, you know, so Foxy Brown, um, was first, you know, I forget the exact order, but Little Mo was, 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 was one of the, you know, first artists to give me an opportunity, um, Shout out to Cameron and Dipset. Um, Mike Jones, you know, was first to give me an opportunity. So those artists were definitely a few of the artists that I worked with in the beginning of my career that set, you know, set me on my way. Um, and then everything else kind of came, you know, after that, 50 Cent Fab and Rat, Remy Mom, Papoose and, you know, Jeezy and T.I. and all of that. So shout out to every artist that, you know, I had the opportunity to work with, man, because they saw something special in me and gave me an opportunity and a chance. So I'm grateful. Oh yeah, no. As you as you bring up those those names, you bring up so many people. It takes it takes a village, and something else to understand is that there's a thing common denominator of relationships. You know, I wouldn't be who I am without, you know, some of the things that happened. I can't control. My father passed away when I was young, so that I had wow. sort of learned how to grow up with the streets, and then coaches and different people taking me to the side, and you know, cholos putting me on the cab saying, "What are you doing out this late?" type of ordeal, so that. I would grow and then I would have relationships with these people. I would chop it up with them. I learned the game. I learned how stuff moves. And you know, from there to, to the music, to, to the TV world, to movies, I've been able to just really just adapt, adapt and grow and learn. I was a kid actor and you know, I was able to just understand that relationships will get you places that, that nothing else can get you in. You know, if That's you have a name, you have something that where not only the name, but you have the talent to go along with it. And you're not afraid of what you got your gift. Because a lot of people are afraid of success, and right. so I want to tell, I want you to tell the listeners and everyone what relationships mean to you, and you know how it positioned you to keep on moving up the ladder versus understanding if you burn a bridge, you, you know that that relationship sort of severed ties, and sometimes you know, relationships are valuable, but you do have five dollar friends that'll leave. Right, that's real. Um, I, I think re relationships are the key, man. Besides the talent, but <clears throat> besides you believing in yourself, I feel like. Relationships are very important. If you look at my career and my resume, you've noticed that I work with artists, you know, it's ongoing. You know what I mean? It's not like, okay, there's one record with Fab. It's like, nah, me and Fab got five or six records. You know, me and Chris, you know, kind of about, probably got about 25, 30 records. Me and Keisha Cole kind of got about four, you know, and that's Pat Poos. We got about five. So what I'm showing you is that it ain't just about a one-off you know, or me doing this record and you going your way and me going my way. I'm big on creating and developing a relationship and maintaining it. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, some, some is real and authentic and, and, and sometimes, you know, it, it don't be that way. You know what I mean? But all you can do is be yourself. And that's one thing that I was, that I've always done and I will always continue to do is be me, be the real me. And, you know, if, if people appreciate it, they appreciate it. If they don't, they don't. But I feel like relationships are key. Um, and sometimes it's the relationship even more than the talent 
that'll that'll allow you opportunities. You know what I mean? Sometimes they're gonna call their homeboy before they'll call the person that's maybe most talented. But the fact that that homeboy checks in on them, see how they're doing, see how their family is doing, show up to the kid's birthday party, you know, wish them a Merry Christmas, say Happy Thanksgiving, those things will possibly stand out more than someone just being talented and not really interacting. So I'm, I'm really big on, you know, relationships, I, I, like I said, building them and maintaining them um, because I feel like sometimes those are what gets you those callbacks and, and those new opportunities that keep, you know, developing. Absolutely. You know, from, from 19 years in the game, you've been able to see the transitions in sound and making music from, as you've learned from percussions to being an understudy, to being the drummer, to growing into, from the NPC to now, you know, we have uh, Pro Tools, I mean, still being used, but Fruity Loops and Reason, and you have, you know, all these different wonderful pay for, uh, for royalty free sounds. And, you know, I'm not going to shout them out, but at the end of the day, there's a whole bunch of adapt adaptation that's going on within your sound because you continue to transition, you continue to be relevant, and you continue to keep pressing play on, on music. And a lot of people strive for that greatness. And I want to make sure we spend time on the importance of perfecting your craft, putting in the hour after hour after hour to make sure you see the gifts of yours in full display. And that, you know, it's passion and your work ethic, that self-respect, that's 10,000 hours put in. That's an outlier. Can you give the listeners an insight to the path you took to achieve your own personal success? Man, you, and, you, and you hit it right on the head. You said so many great things. Um, you know, when I think back to at the beginning of my career, you know, 19 years ago, that was all I did. And it, and it was like, I loved it so much. I pretty much removed myself from the world in order for me to work towards perfection in regards to music production um, and being a musician. Um, I lost girlfriends, you know, lost friends because I didn't want to do nothing else but that. You know what I mean? I just wanted to make beats, wanted to make beats, create a, a real catalog of greatness. And the only way to do that is to, is to work. Like you said, it's to hustle, it's to put those 10,000 hours in. And I definitely was no slots to that to the point where my mom would come in the room like, do you know how much the, 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 the light and electricity bill is this month? You know what I mean? You know, what you working on that music all day and all night, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to give me something. And then, you know, and that was a blessing to be able to do that. So I'm grateful for me uh, having that gig at church where I was able to be a blessing to my family and, you know, earn some money and be like, here, mom, I didn't have a problem, you know, uh, you know, um, being a blessing towards our home, you know what I mean? I'm I'm definitely the one running up the, the light bill and the electricity bill. So, you know, I didn't have no problem, you know, whatsoever. But that's what it takes, man. And and it's it's so much bigger, and I keep saying this, right? But it's so much bigger than talent. Like talent plays a, a an important part, of course. But when you think about music today, does it really? You know what I'm saying? You know, the, you know, there's no comparison to a lot of the artists that are out today versus you know, who we grew up on, you know, the, the big, the big, the, the big, the biggies, the pops, rest in peace, you know, the Nas, the whole, the Snoops, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know, uh, Eminem, like, you know, even prior to that, Naughty by Nature, you know what I'm saying? Wu-Tang, like, you know, and we name a lot of the artists today, which I won't, you know what I mean? Cause I still work with a lot of them, but it's like, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't coming from that same cloth, you know, which those artists came from, man. So it just shows you, is it really about the talent? And it's not. You know, it's talent. It's like, as I mentioned, relationships, which is very important. And then I think most importantly is your work ethic. It's, it's about 
how hard are you willing to work? You know, you can, you can, and it's like, I put it like this. There's drummers that can play circles around me. There's producers that can produce circle around, circles around me, right? But the real question of the day is, but will you outwork me? You know what I'm saying? Will you out hustle me? Will you, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to getting these placements, will you beat me on getting these placements? You know what I'm saying? You know, will you out email me? Like, will you, will you, will you, will you out research me when it comes to who's working on what? And not just based off of the artists that are known and that are here in the States. There's artists that you don't even know about that I know about that's overseas with big budgets, big deals, you know, and selling billions of records that you have no idea because you're chasing the same famous artist that's within the United States. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the question. Will you outwork me, man? So work ethic is very important. I feel it separates me from a lot of people, a lot of my colleagues, a lot of producers that do what I do, you know, is that, is that work ethic? Oh yeah. And something else to put attention to for producers and everyone trying to up and come. Uh, the other elements are vibes and timing. If your vibe's not right, you know, and your timing's not there, you could have had the hottest song with the hottest beat, but you know what, you know, that's why this is why it hot came out four years later. It's true. That's and, true. You know, that that's a gym within a gym. If you understand history and music and sometimes you just have to, you know, keep on pushing to understand your, your value, understand that your work ethic, you know, sometimes that may not be a hit, but there's right. in that sauce where if you keep on saying, Hey, but that, that bass I did like that and I put that reverb on there and I, I did a little bit of this on there and that, that my bass sounds way different than everybody else's. You could keep on growing with that. And you know, a lot of people get lost in, in the fact that they got caught up in one part of it. And it's like, sometimes you just have to slow yourself down. And I agree. As we're talking about slowing down, I want to bring to the attention and you know, I want to know, I saw a kid in the background, excuse my language. What's one thing <laughs> you got fucked up about being a tour drummer? And a music director, because I mean, um, hand in hand for you when you out there. Um, I don't think people realize the work that it takes. You know what I mean? Um, you know, when you when 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 the fan comes to a show, you know, you pay for your ticket, you get all dressed up, you get all fly, ladies get their hairs, hair nails done, everything did. You know, I don't think people realize the the amount of work that goes into putting on a show. You know where. We're on stage, depending on the show, for an hour, hour and a half, some, some places, two hours, 45 minutes, right? But you want to put together an amazing experience, right, for that concert goer who spent their hard-earned money to buy a ticket, to get dressed up, to get fly and flashy, to come out to see you. So you want to make sure that you're giving them the best experience you can, which is why we call ourselves the Trey Songs Experience, because... When you come to a show, you're not gonna leave the same. You're not gonna be like, damn, they just he just stood there and sung the song. He ain't move, he ain't vibe. Damn, the, the band was whack. You know, they ain't give us no energy. It's energy from the start to the finish. You know what I'm saying? And even when it's finished, we still got some, you know, to, to do an encore or, or or to keep it going. You know what I mean? If it's lit like that. So I, I think people underestimate the time and energy that's put into that. I, and you know, I can also mention the travel. You know, when, when you're on a tour for a month and a half and you're doing, you know, 45 shows, 40 shows, 50 shows, and, and, you're, and you're on that tour bus traveling every day to the next city, it's a lot of wear and tear on the body, man. You know, you're not really rest resting fully. You know, think about it when you're sleeping in a car. You know, you're in your car, you know, your, your mom is driving, your lady is driving, you know, your family member is driving, and you got the, got the passenger seat laid back, you know, all the way to the back, and you're trying to get an hour rest. Let me know how that rest is. Like, do you feel like it's the most comfortable rest? It's like, nah, 
you know, the driver's braking, that, you know, they might have to get out of the way, they might stop short, you know what I mean? You can feel the wind, you can hear the wind, you can hear the car moving fast, the radio is playing. All of those things is happening when you're on a tour bus. And when you're on a tour bus, you're on a tour bus with a lot of people sometimes. And everybody don't go to sleep at the same time. Everybody don't eat at the same time. You know, people got families, so they got to be on the phone with their wives and kids. And it's a lot goes on that people don't understand, man. But again, when you love something, man, you know, those are the sacrifices that you're willing to make. Um, and you make those sacrifices with a smile on your face, man, because you're grateful, you know, to have that opportunity to be in the position that you're in. And I would have, you know, I've dreamt of playing Madison Square, Square Garden. I dreamt of playing Staples Center. I dreamt of flying to Africa and, and you know, going to these places, man. So for, the, for those dreams to come true based off of me playing drums and for Trey's songs, you know, ain't no complaints over here, man, when it comes to that. You know, I'm just, I'm grateful. And if, if, I, if I do complain, the people won't hear it. You know what I mean? Come on, come on. They, they only need to hear the, the highlights. They don't need to understand the rest of the work. Right, exactly. But that's the reason why we talk about it because they got it fucked up because it takes a ton. <laughs> it's a ton of travel and it's uncomfortable, you know, realities for everybody. But the greatest reward is being out there and and seeing the fans, seeing the seeing the show. It is a one hundred percent experience. I mean, you want to give every it a bit of inch of your energy when you in the crowd because you hope that you can get an encore. You hope that, you know what, them band members don't want to leave or, or Trey is calling them back after he had them leave like because it's that much of an experience and, you know, you, you buy into the festivities. It's not, a, it's not the price. It's all about the experience. And yes, you sir. Deliver on that. And I want to make sure I do give you your flowers for being a dedicated father. You know, a lot Thank of people. You, my brother. You, you take this journey, you take this vow to not only live your purpose, but but travel the dream and live the dream. There's a whole bunch of responsibility, accountability that has to be done. And being a father is something that, that you know, I got to make sure I give you flowers for, you know, dedicated dad, salute. Thank you, man. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's my reason and my why now. You know, when I first started, of course, 19 years ago, I was a youngin, man. I was a teenager, you know what I mean? So it's all fun. It's all because, you know, you love to do it and it's just, you know, living in the moment, man. But that as you get older, you know, and you mentioned earlier, you have, you know, responsibilities and you have, you know, little ones that you're responsible for, man. It just takes it to a whole nother level. And, and like I said, they're, they're my reason, they're my why, you know, that I stay focused, that I, that I keep pushing and I keep hustling. You know, I want to give them the best life, you know, I could possibly give them. My, you know, my family, you know, they deserve that. You know, when you, I've, I've, I've been brought up as best as possible, you know? Um, you know, I didn't have the finer things of, of life because instead of it being on my body with, you know, with clothes and sneakers, you know, my parents saw, thought that it was more important to put that into my education. Um, and I didn't understand it then, you know, but I understand it now and I'm grateful because if they didn't make the decisions that they made back then, especially with, when it came to my schools and, and where I went to school at and even forcing me to go to church, you know, what, what, their, what, what an Amadeus exists. Um, you know, I don't, I don't even want to even ponder those thoughts, man, but it's reality when you think about it, man. So I'm forever grateful. You know what I mean? So, you know, and you, as a father and not everybody think the way I think, but I do, you know, those things that I missed out on as a kid, those things that I didn't have, those things I didn't experience and not so much from a, not so much a materialistic, you know, things, but more so of, you know, the way affection is shared. You know, my father's a man's man, very manly, you know, very aggressive, very, you know, wasn't a lot of hugging, wasn't no, I love you, wasn't no hugging and kissing, you know what I mean? None of that. So for me to have a son, 
who's named after me as, as a junior, you know, I wanted to be the opposite of that, you know? So, you know, I kiss my son, I hug my son, I tell my son I love him every, every time and every chance I get because I know what it's like to not have that. And not that I felt like it was missing because you don't know what you're missing if you don't have it. You know what I'm saying? Especially as a kid. But when you grow older and you think about things and you see other families or you see other situations and you see love and affection, you know, from, from fathers to sons, it's like, oh, okay, that's, that's what that's supposed to look like. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm the, I'm the opposite of that. You know, I don't carry on the same in regards to the way I was taught, the way I was raised, you know, you, you, you break the trend, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so I love my kids, man. I have a son, I have a daughter, you know, 15 year old son, uh, seven year old daughter who's about to be eight in a few weeks. Um, and it's a great, and it's a blessing, man. You know, they're so innocent. Um, they exemplify unconditional love. Um, and they love you. They love you through it all. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, they can care less about it. Amadeus, you know what I'm saying? Like dad, like daddy, you know what I mean? They're worried about my well being, my, my, me as a person, you know, are you okay? Like, you know what I mean? Like they can, they love all of the, the musical accolades. They love all of that. They're proud of me and it's a great feeling but they love me for me, you know what I mean? And, 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 and that's why, you know, nothing and no one, you know, can come in between that love, you know, that I have, you know, for them and with them. Oh yeah. Personally, I have a six year old son and I have a four year old daughter. Her birthday was yesterday. Wow. Happy belated to the young princess, man. Thank you. Thank you. And she is definitely a princess. She won't let yes, her wise. <laughs> I love it. Speaking of, you know, that one other element that we haven't talked about and we, we sort of touched is rewarding moments. And my children are one of my greatest blessing and my most rewarding moments I can have is with them because not only can they break your pocket, but they can make you laugh, cry, and, and you know, really show you the greater things in life. But I definitely want to ask you, what has been your most rewarding moment in the industry or in life so far for you? I think I agree with you, man. You know, in regards to having kids and, and having children is, is, is an amazing thing. Uh, it's a life, it's a lifelong gift. You know what I mean? That, that God blesses us with And I know, you know, it's a lot of responsibilities, you know, like you said, they hit the pockets, they, but you know, it, it, it's that those, those emotions that you feel over your kids and how they make you feel is, is something special. You know, my, my daughter can tell when I'm not right. You know, she can tell when I'm not okay. She can sense it, she can feel it, and she has a sensitive spot that knows how to figure out and find out what's going on. You know what I mean? And even if I don't share what's going on, because you're seven, you don't want to put too much on them. You know what I mean? She'll make it better. You know what I mean? And that's a that's a gift that I know God has given her because she's shown that not just with me, you know, and my queen, but like, and her mom, like, but just with anybody, her friends, her classmates, you know what I mean? So it's a blessing. Same thing with my son, you know, that you can, he, I remember stuff he's, he's shared with me and told me as a youngin, and it's like blow, you know, blow my mind. Like what? Like, how do you even think of this way? Like I even, I even share this like with Christmas, both of them, like, you know, she has been tough, man. I haven't been able to work in 10 months, you know, and Christmases was always big for me. You know, I, I, you know, that's one thing. My parents made sure Christmas was big for us growing up. And for me, you know, I, I made it the same way where Christmas is epic, you know, and for the first time, Christmas is different for me, man. You know what I mean? It ain't, you know, I haven't worked in 10 months. So I, obviously with finances, it's from a different space. Um, but they both like just kind of gave me that energy, like whatever we get, if we get, 
we're we're cool. You know what I mean? Like you, we've always it's always been major, it's always been big, it's always been epic. You know, and and we're grateful. You know what I'm saying? So when you raise your kids the right way, man, and not to just allow it to be about materialistic things and getting, you know, they they know how to turn around and and, and show you that it's not just about that, but it's about you and your well being. You know what I mean? So definitely my kids, um, and just to be able to do what I love to do, man. Um, there's so many moments um, that I've been blessed to experience in life from a production standpoint, you know, to a musicianship. Like I said, me performing at Madison Square Garden, that's the Mecca of New York, um, you know, which is big to me growing up in the Bronx. And we did it. We performed there like five or six times, man, you know, to perform at MetLife, which is, you know, the the arena, the stadium that the New York Giants play in. It would be being a New York Giants fan in front of 60,000 people performing at Summer Jam which we did about four or five times is epic, you know, for me to play and perform in the motherland a few times, been to Africa about six, seven times, crazy, Australia, you know, and Naughty by Nature, one of my favorite hip hop groups of all time. You know, I grew up, I had a cassette tape, you know, I went and bought a cassette tape when I was a kid to performing on the same stage with them, you know, in Australia in front of 80,000 people, like crazy to now like, you know, Tretch is my uncle, you know what I'm saying? Like Uncle Vinny, Uncle Tretch, Uncle KG, like, crazy man and and just from the production side you know first take like huge man you know that's that's huge and I think it really hit me when I was in Australia and you know down bottom and I, I sleep with the tv on when I when I'm on tour that's my that's like my roommate you know what I mean and I remember waking up to first take the show because I had ESPN on and woke up to my theme song in Australia and I'm like what is this doing on down here you know what I mean and that was a defining moment, especially when I traveled of like, yo, music is really everywhere. Music is worldwide, like all regions, all genres, all walks of life, nationalities, languages, like they'll sing your song in their language. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's one of the most epic things to see, man. So I'm just grateful all across the board for personal, my personal life, my family, you know, my kids. And, uh, you know, from a professional level, of course, everything that I've done on a production level and, um, you know, and, and a touring as a musician. You know, speaking of, of, you know, producing moments and I got to speak about my three favorite songs you produced and it's a segue cause I want to know your three favorite songs you produce. And I know it's like picking kids, but I'm gonna let you know my three favorite, you know, it's, it's such an array of different things. And, you know, I'm like, but the diversity is there. So I'm gonna speak on it. And <laughs> uh, man, Petty Watt. I, wow, I, I you know that thing caught me off guard and it caught me like, ooh, that was that that came back with it. That came back with it. Shout out Young Ma. Uh, yes, sir. Number two, I do got to give love to Cradle to the Grave. That was a smash hit, and you know it. Come on, if if you have if you know all the kids is fifteen to nineteen, you ain't seen that you sleeping and you gonna get woken yes. up. Away. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like right now, I think it's on Netflix or something. I ain't trying to you know do too much, but there you go. And then, you know, a hard three is a tie because I love Perfect, Davies, and Chris Brown. I love that one. And I also love On the Hood, you know. Wow. Out, featuring 42 Doug and Mozzie, that, that, that sound, he went everywhere with it. And it's just like, okay, okay, Atlanta, Chicago, Sacramento, let's go. Right. And, and, you know, that's, that's where I'm at with it. Let me hear your three favorite songs that you produced so far. Sheesh. Um, wow. I'll go with uh, Credit to the Grave. You know, that's what set it off for me. That was that was what introduced me to the world as a music producer. So I'll go with that. 
Man. Um, wow. I would say first take theme song. Um, that's just legendary, man. Like that's, I think that's one of, you know, it's hard to say, but one of my biggest accomplishments right there uh, as a producer, I'll say that. Um, wow, bro. Damn. So many. Um, I might go with. It's, okay, it's two. I'll give me two. Give me two. Let me give you two. That's a record I did for Marcus Houston called Excited. Mm. Um, it dropped on the album, but it was all it was on like the deluxe version or something like that. And I think it was only exclusively sold at Target. Um, but hands down, one of my favorite tracks. And you, it's, it's not on, um, it's not on like a, you know, like Spotify or them like that. I don't. He never uploaded that album on there. It's on the veteran album, right? But you can listen to it, and I know you would actually do it. That's why I'm mentioning it. You would listen. You can listen to it on YouTube. It's Marcus Houston excited. Mm. One of the dopest tracks I've ever made. Just, a, just really different and unique for me. Um, so I'll say that one. Oh man. I'll go with Same Girl. Mm. Um, J-Lo, Same Girl, me being from the Bronx. Big, 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 big record. Big moment for me, man, being from the Bronx, living like maybe about 30 minutes from where she grew up. She grew up in Castle Hill. You know, me on Washington Avenue. It's about a 30-minute drive, but um, I'd say Same Girl with, with J-Lo, man. That's, that was a big moment. Um, Yeah, that was a big moment. And that was very difficult to do, by the way. You know, the producing for over a hundred artists. I probably got about 200, 300 songs, man. Like, <laughs> so it's hard to even narrow down. I know I'm missing some. And, 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 and if I probably reminded myself of this record or that record, I'm like, yo, I didn't pick that. But it's hard to do, man. So it's cool to hear when, like, when you mention your top three, it's cool to hear what your top three are. You know what I mean? With you not being biased, you know what I mean? You know, I like one instinct, but people got to understand when it comes to creativity, it's like moving pillars. You know, you, you got to find a way to like, man, am I going to make this move? Because if I go all in to move this, I'm moving it. And, you know, that's that's the whole point of why I do it, because it makes you really appreciate, but it also gives you what's on the front of your mind. Right. Uh, right. I think, you know, you would be super successful in anything you touch, brother. You have that that drive, that energy, that that triple threat ability of research you know it's like a rolodex when it comes to research providing the sound and then providing the actual production not just you know a beat maker and you know i would think you would be successful in anything you touch you know if you weren't in music i think you'd be a movie producer in my opinion but what would you be doing if you weren't in music shoot you know it's funny man it's it's it's, it's a hard question to answer because it's like i'm so locked into it and, and, and it's like damn what 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 i do you know what i mean if i wasn't doing music um i don't you know I, I really couldn't answer that um if i had to you know give some kind of idea you know i i i love inspiring people i love you know being a blessing you know so i don't know if that has been brought on by me being a music producer and a musician and kind of having that getting that notoriety and 
and the love and the accolades and kind of wanting to turn it back around and give, you know what I'm saying? And give it out. I don't know if it's just solely based on that. Um, but I don't know, man. I, something to do with people. You know, I don't know if it's from an educational standpoint, because I kind of love educating as well now, but from a musical, a musical lens, um, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's from a spiritual thing, having to do something with the church or like people always say, you're like a pastor, man. You give me like a pastor vibe, you know? So I feel it. I don't know, man. And, and I think, you know, the, 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 the pluses of why I'm, it's, ho- it's so difficult for me to answer that for those that are tuned in is for, like I had a plan A and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like no B, C, D, O, if it just don't work, I'm a, it was none of that, bro. It was like, it's going to be music and I'm going to be a music producer and I'm going to be a musician and I'm going to do it. That's it. You know what I mean? So when you talk about falling back on or what, you know, what would you do? I, I, don't, I don't know, because I, I, I believed in myself hundred percent. I believed in what God gave me and I know what I knew what it took to get there. And I was going to, I was willing to work my ass off to get there. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's what you're looking at. You're looking at a God fair man, a man that is grateful for his gifts and talents. And that was given a baby, you know, which was my musicianship and my creativity from God. And I nurtured that baby and I, and I molded it and I shaped it and I prepared it and I taught it. You know what I mean? I loved it. And, and, and here's, you know, here's, here's that baby as a, as an adult as Amadeus, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yes, nah, I love it. Uh, a lot of people don't understand you gotta grow into who you are and then you gotta love who you are and, and understand that, you know, you see people make it to become a doctor, they don't realize they did that residency for a few years for free before they got there. They did 12 years of experience where it takes, you know, some producers before they get their first hit, before they get their first placement, not even a hit, their first placement. Right, right. A couple of years. You know, you just got to keep on going down that path. And yes, I'm, sir. my brother King, you literally wear five to seven different hats. And, you know, the different business endeavors and everything you do, I get a sense of ownership is in your blood. What's your favorite hat to wear and speak on the importance of ownership? Um, good question, man. Um, it's kind of a toss up between you know, musician and, and producer, you know, it's kind of hard to choose, you know, which one because you can kind of be jaded by the results, if that makes sense, where it's like, I started off as a drummer first, you know what I mean? Started playing drums, I'm playing drums in a church and then I had the opportunity to tour the world and then, you know, the accolades and stuff that comes along with that, right? But then you're like, is it, is it the, this is still the same love and passion that you've had when you first started, right? And then it's the production where it's like, it's ongoing love and appreciation for it because you're always creating new music and new masterpieces. So it's always allowing room to be celebrated for new creations, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of a a difficult question to ask because it's like, you know, I ask myself like, what are you basing this on? (laughs) Like, are you basing this on accolades? Are you basing this on pure genuine love for what it is you know what i'm saying so and it's hard to, and then when you think of it that way and, you, and i'm really like challenging myself with that question it's hard to really choose one you know so i would i would definitely say both you know musicianship and production music you know 
it's both creating music, man. It's both creating music. It's, it's two different things, two different worlds. Um, you know, but I, 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 I love, I love, I love them both. You know what I mean? I love them both. And it'd be hard to choose one over the other because it's like, what do you, you know, like I said, what are you basing it off of? Like, what am I basing this off of? Like, if it's a straight raw playing drums without people, without no accolades, without touring, without just drums, drums, do you really love that? Or is it just, you know, is it all, all of the bells and whistles help you choose that particular profession? You know what I mean? So it's tough, man. So I choose both. And, um, you know, I feel like ownership is very important, man. You know, it, it's like, I feel like, God has blessed each and every single one of us with gifts and talents, right? In our own right, you know? You do things that I don't do, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this amazing conversation that you have, the, the, your questions, the way you're asking them, how, how you've done the research, like, that's, it's a gift in that, you know what I mean? And this is what you do, right? So I just feel like we're supposed to be doing what we love to do, simple. Like, not getting up and, 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 and living a life based off of what your parents thought you should be or do, not based off of you settling for something um, or doing something because, you, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's most beneficial to you in your life down the line. It's like, what do you love to do? You know what I mean? And once you ask, answer that question, to me, I feel like that's what you're meant to do here on Earth. Like, that's what your life should be about it should be you doing what you love to do because when you love when you do what you love to do you're most happy you're in the right space like you, you, the vibes is amazing it's positive it's filled with love because you're doing what you love to do versus you're doing something that someone forced you to do so that's why you're going to work every day pissed that's why you go that's why you're going you're showing up late that's why you can't wait till five o'clock hits and you can go racing out the door because that's not what you love to do but when you love it it ain't no, what time am I done? It ain't no, oh man, I gotta hurry up and get there. It's like, yo, I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm focused. So to me, you know, I tie that in with ownership and just passion about you doing what you love to do and not having an answer to anyone or anything unless you choose to, you know what I mean? And, and, and be your own boss. Yes. Uh, Amadeus, how we doing on time, brother? I got two segments, but if, if you short on time, we could wrap it up. I just want to ask because I, I could get going away sometimes. <laughs> now, go ahead, go, ahead, go ahead, hit your two segments. Okay, I bet. I'm going to take a pause on the entertainment questions. I'm going to dig into something that, you know, I like to ask every guest. And, you know, it's a raw emotion, but it's my awareness segment. And, you know, I'm talking about when the red and blue lights hit, that blurp sound, the high beam hits the back of your neck. And the next thing you know, we're getting pulled over. I like to ask every guest of mine, when's the last time they're pulled over so that we can get, you know, what you do in the situation that's right to get out the situation. And two, you know, to promote, you know, the awareness of what you're supposed to do, because a lot of people don't know what to do after they you know, get in that car. Right. Um, I think this is a great conversation. Uh, thankfully, it's been a while. Um, you know, I'm not, I, I don't, thank God, I, I, I try my best to, you know, follow the law in regards to, you know, not doing those things that would allow you to be pulled over. Um, I think the last time I got pulled over, maybe about two summers ago, if I'm not mistaken, um, two or three summers ago, I was driving across one of the bridges here in New York and um, there was a police car or a state trooper, I think it was a state trooper, kind of pulled over, just kind of, you know, um, camped out. And I don't have any tents on my vehicles. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like to tent my vehicles because, you know, I just feel like that adds to the situation where, you know, a police officer would love to pull over a black king driving a decent vehicle, you know, with black tents to, 
you know, harass them to figure out what's going on because they can't see. So it's like, for me, I was the opposite. Like, I'm like, see me, <laughs> like, see me, see me clearly, see what I'm driving, you know, show me love, man. So I, I, I think I didn't have my seatbelt on. And again, with me not having any tents on, you know, he white BMW drive by seven, you know, seven, seven fifty. Like, you gonna look, you know what I'm saying? So he looked, saw it, pulled me over. Um, and the first thing I did, got my wallet out, you know, put it out, I rolled all my windows down, um, you know, and 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 I put my, you know, put I had put my arm out outside of the window. You know what I'm saying? Like if I was like, you know, kind of like hanging. You know what I mean? So you can you can see my hand out. You can see like a window's rolled down. It ain't no tent, so it's not like you gotta really force yourself to see me. You can see me because I'm fishbowling. Um, pulled up, you know, license registration. You know, I, I, the question I always ask, even if I know what I was doing, and at, in that moment I didn't know. But you know, um, you know, uh, why? You know, officer, what 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 did I do? What did I do wrong? You know, it's no my normal question. Did I do anything wrong? What what happened? Why are you pulling me over? And I think he was like, yeah, you weren't wearing your seatbelt. And you know, I, I you know, I, I didn't argue it. I was like, cool, got me, you know, just coming from the crib, rushing, you know, it's all it's all good, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, all right, I'll be right back. You know, you got any warrants or anything? I'm like, nah, I'm cool. Comes back, hands me the ticket, take the ticket, you know, no attitude, no extraness, you know, put my wallet away, phone away, everything cool. Um, you know, and have a nice day, you know what I'm saying? And and pulled over. So that was the last time I got pulled over. Um, you know, like, again, I, I'm not argumentative when it comes to that, you know, if you're wrong, you're wrong. You know, there's been moments where I didn't do whatever they said I do. And then I would, you know, put, put forth a decent argument respectfully so that it doesn't turn into anything else. But at the end of the day, you know, they have, the, they have the higher power, they have the upper hand, man. And it's like, you can go back and forth all day. Once that ticket is written, it's written. And if you want to go, you know, through with it, and you want to fight it, all you can do is fight it in court. But right then and there, it's, it just defeats the purpose, man. So that's that's definitely was my last um, interaction, you know, with the police officer or getting pulled over. You know, I got this statement from a motivational speaker, Cedric Crawford, and he said, and it weighed on me where it stuck with me. As a motivational speaker, I've done it myself. The biggest thing you got to do is make sure you say things that stick with you so when the listener leaves, it's with them. And mm. he Knowledge is power, but when you use that knowledge, it becomes your superpower. And you know, the biggest time you could have a superpower is dealing with the police. And the best thing you can do is know what's going on, know what you're supposed to do, and how to get out the situation and go as quickly about it. You know, sometimes when they are in the wrong, you can put up a little fight, but if you ain't trying to have nothing extra, I you take my ticket, I'll see you in court. And right. Other times they don't it don't play that way because you know my, my family we're all culture so you know we get judged all type of ways and the best thing you can do is just keep a smile on your face as hard as it may be don't laugh because if you laugh they they think you laughing at them and the next thing you know you something extra but smile, right. stay calm and then move through and you know you will get through and I just I just always feel it's so important you know knowledge is power awareness is everything I agree my brother and I love the way you put that. Yes, sir. No, it's, it's, it's a collective. It's a collective as we all grow. Uh, I have my next segment. It's called Impulse Q&A. And, you know, just like how the show goes and flows, I'm like, you know, I got to have my, my second segment, keep that same energy, but just on a, a different vibe because we went deep on this end. We're going to go some fun on this end. And okay. like, Impulse Q&A, you don't like the question. It's all good. I hit you with another one. And uh, here we go. You got to answer three questions. Are you ready? Okay, ready. Question number one. What is the funniest thing you've seen happen in the studio? 
funniest thing happened in the studio. Can't really say I have an answer for that one. Funniest thing. Yeah, I can't really say I have an answer for that, man. We can pass. We can pass. All right, I'll pass on that one. Question number one. From all the places you've traveled, because you've damn near touched all seven seas, what's a place that you recommend everyone has to try at least once? Go. Australia. Mm. Australia. I love Australia. It's, it's beautiful. They got. I, I said, what part? Because I heard they got they got some animals. They got insects we don't normally fuck with. Right. Oh, so I've been I've been able to visit Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide. Um, I'm missing two. I'm going, I'm going like I'm missing too, but no, nah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the entire, you know, the entire continent, man. I think Australia is beautiful. The people are amazing. Um, New Zealand is not too far from there as well. And um, an amazing experience as well. But the people, man, it's just besides the weather and just it being a beautiful place. Um, the people are really awesome and the people appreciate you and they're really nice. So I definitely would say if you, if you have the opportunity to uh, visit a place, I would definitely say Australia. You know, fun fact, speaking on Australia, is that, you know, uh, United States, you know, New World and Australia have a lot in common. That's where they exiled all the bad criminals and, you know, females and males to, to their to these islands that were far away from, you know, UK, Scotland and, you know, Ireland. I've heard that. And so they're all, we're all built on that foundation. And so, you know, it's, it's crazy how people learn how to treat each other right, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've learned that too, though. I, I heard that when I was there. Yeah. Question number two. What is one thing you love, but you wish you hated? Whoa. One thing I love. <laughs> I wish I hated. One thing I love that I wish I hated. Ha! Probably food. <laughs> Probably food, man. I've been, I've been, uh, you know, the, the, the not so, the not so healthy food, probably. You know, I've been in the gym the last few months and and taking care of myself and and my body. And it's, I, I say it all the time. It's like, it's so easy to put the weight on and put the pounds on, man. But when it comes time to get yourself healthy and and and, and right and in shape, is hell. You know what I mean? And and it takes a sweet time you know, letting go that fat and, 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 and that, you know, then that weight go, man. So I wish, I love it, but I wish, I wish I hated unhealthy food. You know, I'm gonna shout out my older sister. She always says a moment on the lips is a lifetime on the hips. But, you know, the reality is I had to learn better food to eat. Uh, I spent a lot of time on this season four of digging into like veganism and eating the right foods and okay. beyond meat. And, and I was so blown away that I had a burger that didn't have meat in it, but it tasted better than a burger. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Crazy. So, yeah. Question number three. I completely understand. Was there a time ever, 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 ever that you bombed something and would you redo it? Got a bunch of those, um, you know, because on stage, man, anything can happen. <laughs> on stage, anything can happen. Um, it's live. Oh yeah, bro. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Um, I, I got one. 
So, and bomb literally. So we were in Detroit, Detroit, Michigan, with Trey performing outside festival. My boy brought us some wings and I ate the wings too, too close to showtime, which I don't do. I don't, I don't eat too close to showtime because I'm playing, I'm performing, I'm moving around, a lot of movement, right? And in the middle of the show, Trey is performing, neighbors know my name. And I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I had to go to the bathroom, bro. And I didn't care what was going on. I was going to use the bathroom. Because one thing is that one thing is not going to happen is it's not going to be on me. <laughs> uh, so I remember, you know, just saying it. I don't think Trey heard me. And I'm like, yo, I got to use the bathroom, bro. So, the, you know, my man, shout out to George. My manager came and got me. And he tried to run me to the trailer because he was outside. He's trying to run me to the trailer. And I'm like, bro, I can't run. <laughs> I can't run, bro. You, I can't run. I got to walk. <laughs> you know? So we in there. And he's like, yo, what? hurry up, bro. We got to go. Man. I, got, I can hear him trying to end the song. And I was like, bro, you got to stop talking to me. <laughs> so that was definitely a moment where live on stage, I had to go, bro. And I had to go. And I had to bomb for real, for real, man. And I remember Trey turning around to, to, to our keyboard player and like literally cursing him out on stage without the, without the fans noticed him. Like, I'm telling you to stop, you ain't stopping. And he's like, <laughs> like showing, like pointing to the drum set. He looked so bad at the drum set was like, oh. <laughs> and they, the girls was just telling him like, take your shirt off, take your shirt off. He's like, I ain't no stripper. <laughs> so he turns around and is like, so what y'all say about that shirt? <laughs> Bro, funniest moment ever, man. We laughed so hard. And still to this day at that moment of like me bombing and bombing literally on stage, middle of a concert. Thousands of people out there, bro. But I had to go. Yeah, you know, the neighbors definitely did not know your name that night. But you know, shout out to Detroit. Wow. Yes, yes, sir. Well, I gotta tell you, my brother. You survived my awareness segment. Man, you threw, you flew past my impulse Q&A as a reward. You know, let's promote. Let's have the viewers run up. The platform's yours. Whoever you want to shout out, you know, whatever you're trying to do, let it go. Hey, man, first off, I appreciate you for having me, man. I, this, is, this has definitely been a great and amazing conversation. Um, I pray and hope that, you know, all of the viewers, you know, um, enjoy this conversation, enjoy this moment that we shared together as brothers. Um, and thank and thanks, you know, thank you to anyone that ever supported me, you know, ever supported any record that I produced, any of the artists, you know, because when you support the artists, you support the producers, man, you know, so shout out to the to the fans around the world that has always shown me love, you know, maybe those that may have known, not known that I produced some of their favorite records and, you know, learn today, you know, I definitely appreciate you. Um, and just grateful, you know, for, for my journey and for the path that God has led me on, man. Um, definitely looking forward to, you know, what's ahead. You know, for me, musically and creatively, um, sending much love to everybody out there around the world, you know, that's been hit pretty hard by this pandemic. You know, remain prayerful, remain positive, remain safe, remain healthy, put those masks on, social distance, please. Um, you know, and I appreciate everybody's support, man. So thank you again for having me, man. And, and much love to my, my family and my kids and, you know, those that genuinely love me and support me. I appreciate all the love. Yes, yes, King. I'm a dais, brother. If you know my show, you know, it's a little different. It's unique. The viewers knows it's coming and I'm going to hit you with it. You got any questions for me? Nah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go, man. I'm just, I'm, again, I'm appreciative of, you know, the platform and, 
how you run your platform. And uh, like I said, I feel like it's an amazing interview and just looking forward to, you know, uh, you know, not only you, you sharing it with the world, but me sharing it with the world as well. So I'm looking forward, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you. On that note, I'm going to close out. It's Contrast Uncut. It's season four. This is my spotlight episode with Super Producer Edition. You know, I want to give a major shout out to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D Presents. I appreciate you, brothers. I wouldn't be able to do an incredibly dope shit like, you know, interview Amadeus and this brother letting them jewels drop. He let them diamonds go by the carrots of 30 and mo. And, you know, they was coming left and right, right and left down the center. If they didn't hit you with it, well, I can't do nothing about it if you can't drink the water that's provided. You know, on that note, Amadeus, brother, thank you so much again. And boom. Peace, 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 kings and queens. This is the King Amadeus, multi-platinum bad boy, hitman producer, blessed to produce for over 100 artists. Jeezy, Fab, T.I., Keisha Cole, Trey Song, to name a few Trey Songs, music director, tour drummer, Dre's nightclub, resident drummer, motivational speaker, educated man. We here right now live on Contrast and Uncut. Much love to Uncle Snoop and Bobby D. You heard? Yeah. It's really remind me of some, hey. This really reminds me of some tribe called Quest. Hip hop really taught me to give it all I got left. Wu Tang taught us how to beat the projects. And tell my story over beats and it could be a project. Look, how it all begun. Uh, bum, skibbity bum. Yeah, grew up on that Nas, on that L, on that pun. Old soul when I was young. Crisscross, make them jump. Battle rapping for respect, my nigga. This ain't what you want. Can I kick it when I'm rhyming? Be a legend through Ebonics. Was a sticker boy. Felt like sticky fingers played at Onyx. Can I live track eight? Feel like Jigga 96. Without a reasonable doubt, the album turned me into this. She we always had dreams of being money making mission. Without jewelry on, hit the jail phones, take a flick Feel like Pac and keep your head up Biggie shooting juice, coach is still alive, just let me prove King, nigga Ever 